0: Hi there listeners, welcome to episode 85 of Never on the Backfoot podcast. This is a special series conceptualized to put in perspective the recently concluded IPL Mega Auction and a preview of sorts before the 2022 edition of this illustrious IPL. I will be interviewing a fan from each of the 10 franchises in the IPL as fans are a very important component of the game and hearing from these ardent fans will definitely be enriching. Today we have Sanchit Desai Sanchit Desai is a 22 year old currently pursuing Masters in Sports Management from the International Institute of Sports Management, Mumbai. He is a massive sports enthusiast currently associated with the Super Royals Initiative by Rajasthan Royals and also a core member of the Bharat Army Forum. He is also the main anchor and host at the Third Man Cricket Show where his team conducts live shows and analysis of cricket matches regularly. He aspires to enter into the field of sports broadcasting and that is his career priority. Hi, Sanchit. Welcome to the podcast. Really looking forward to having this discussion with you.
1: Hi, Neha. I mean, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me on this. So I've been been following through all your podcasts recently and I remember even appreciating the work that you've been doing uh, so far. So finally looking forward to... Have to being on your podcast and uh, talking about Rajasthan Royals uh, after the auction strategy. So, really thank you again and looking forward to their podcast.
0: No worries at all, Sanchit. And I'm also really looking forward to this conversation. So, to kickstart the discussion, how did you become such a big fan of Rajasthan Royals?
1: Well, Neha, I mean, this is a question that I've been asked a lot, (laughs) especially uh, living in Mumbai and supporting Rajasthan Royals. That is two different things. Like, nobody could have ever imagined a mumbai supporting the rajasthan whites when you have a team that has won five ipl trophies uh, in the city so it's mm. a it's a very very interesting uh, story so uh, it began all back in 2011 if i can recollect properly so Uh, I've been following cricket uh, since 2007, but uh, IPL was something that has never really interested me, to be very honest. I've been following the Indian team and their journey in the different World Cups that they played ever since 2007. But IPL was something new at that time. And as a seven-year-old, seven or eight-year-old in 2008, I think that was too much for me to take in. So, I didn't really get into it. I've been following it... uh, quite often but never really supported a team. So in 2011 after the World Cup triumph, I I think nobody could ever forget that. So I decided to give the IPL a go and uh, I really thought that which team would be more suited for me. So obviously, I didn't want to get into Mumbai Indians directly because it's just uh, something which I could never relate to. So during that time, uh, Mumbai wasn't that successful but I really wanted to do something that I really wanted to support a team that really reflected on who I am as a person. So that time, uh, Rajasthan actually bought someone like a Rahul Dravid uh, in, the, in the auction at that time. And that was the biggest reason for me to support Rajasthan Royals since I'm a huge Rahul Dravid admirer myself. And oh. uh, that was like the love at first sight kind of a moment <laughs> for me. And uh, what I really liked about Rajasthan Royals back then was the youth investment that they used to do. I know that lots of teams, even the Mumbai Indians right now, focuses on youth investment a lot. But back in those days, I think that was something new. And uh, you saw and read about the journey of the young Rajasthan Royals team creating history in 2008 with a young complete squad so that is something what really inspired me and they were always regarded as the dark horse and the underdogs in the season even though they had an IPA trophy in the back and that was something which I could relate to to be very honest because even in my school days growing up I was also someone regarded as an underdog a kid with a With a good talent, but never really got to express it on a front stage. Mm -hmm. So that is something uh, what actually struck me the most while supporting the Royals. And ever since then, I actually enjoyed the process of loving Rajasthan Royals and even got to make a few of my heroes as well. I remember... And idolizing someone like a Shane Watson when he was at the helm of Rajasthan Royals after Raul Dravid, Ajin Kerana, Sanju Samson and the Australian trio that we used to have in Steve Smith, James Faulkner and Watson. So it was good, good uh, memories growing up as a Royals fan and uh, the bond is stronger ever since then.
0: Wow, I mean, your answer really reflects, you know, what a big Rajasthan Royals fan you are. And obviously, you know, having won the inaugural IPL and uh, the seasons they've had, so on and so forth, you might have been maybe like, you know, slightly disappointed or sometimes excited. Like, they did make it to the playoffs, but overall, you know, after that 2008 triumph, it's been difficult for them. Now, if you could reflect on Rajasthan's journey, you know, in the last season, what would be some of your you know, biggest takeaways? Uh, to be very honest, Neha.
1: Uh, to sum it up, uh, what we actually endured through the last few seasons, not just last season, I think it has to be underachieving. Hmm. Because uh, as I said, uh, back in those days, like when I started supporting Rajasthan, we were regarded as the underdogs. We didn't really have necessarily big names in our squad like the other teams. But uh, we really had a group of young young players who are willing to make it big uh, in that team. And that really didn't make us favourites for that particular reason but when we came back after after the suspension in 2018, we really took a different approach in Mm. getting those stars uh, in your side. So, you saw Rajasthan was spending huge money on someone like a Ben Stokes, Jaydee Unat who recently enjoyed his good success in RPS in 2017 and uh, Steve Smith was uh, named as the captain and these were prime players in those times and even Josh Butler who was just making his name into the Limited verse Cricket. So, Rajasthan royals identity from some from a team which heavily backed on young talents and the underachievers trans, transformed into a team that could really challenge for the title with the big names in their uh, in their team but uh, if I could just sum it up of what we endured in the last three it has been under uh, under underwhelming because uh, we had those big names but we didn't really manage to strike that balance between having a good Indian core and having a good overseas talent. So, for every George Butler, you had a Sreyash Gopal or a Sanjeev Samson. For mm-hmm. every Ben Stokes, you had a Maipa longro or Rahul Tevatiya. So, we didn't really balance it out. And I think that played a massive uh, role in us underachieving over the last few years. And... The last season, as we were talking about, it has been really uh, frustrating because lots of injuries we had to endure right from the start of the ma- uh, first first match. Uh, ben Stokes got injured, and just the domino effect took place. So one Mm. after the another, we started falling apart and that really reflected on the way we performed towards the end of the season. So really disappointing season, but uh, as we say that there is a light ahead of every tunnel and uh, the mega auction that just happened actually gave us that, that light. So looking forward to the upcoming seasons.
0: Fair enough. And also, uh, this time, you know, coming into the auction, Rajathan Royals obviously had some strategies. So, how would you rate uh, their auction strategy and how was it as a fan for you, you know, watching the auction live?
1: Definitely. I mean, uh, really impressed with the way how we went by things in the auction because obviously there was lots of pressure to deliver. Uh, ahead of the mega auction since it is a known fact that Rajasthan have been underperforming and the mega auction was the only true savior that we really required so the pressure to perform and deliver was really high at that time so I've been in touch with the royals management over the last few years as, wow. as a super royal myself so mm-hmm. I could know I could notice the amount of tension that was there in that uh In that management. So to deliver on such a big stage, I think it really required a lot of courage. And uh, I really enjoyed the mega auction as a Rajasthan Rajasthan because, in the first year itself, you saw Rajasthan making a good. Getting a good deal to get Ravi Ashwin, I think arguably the best off-spinner India has had in the recent times. For just 5 crores, I mean, to get an experienced player for just 5 crores, I think that is is a steal according to me. And then we backed it off by getting Trent Bolt who had been enjoying his success in Mumbai Indians recently. So, it was really an interesting start to the auction. Then we made some surprise buys in getting someone like a Devadat Padikkal at 8 crores. I think that was really surprising for me. But uh, we managed to get another steel deal in getting Yuvraj Chahal, who is I think the star of the Indian team right now, mm. for just five points something crores. I can't I can't seem to remember, but that is really a, a good buy to be to be very honest. So getting Ashwin and Chahal to lead your spin attack for less than hundred uh, for less than ten crores. I think that has to be the bargain of the auction for me. So, really some great names we, uh, we got in this uh, auction. Invested a lot in someone like a young Prasid Krishna, but I, that was expected since he just mm-hmm. recently got the player of the series in the West Indies series. But uh, apart from that, I think we really got some good buys, especially the last session. I mean, uh, to get four overseas <laughs> players in four minutes, I think that has to be the talk of the auction. And getting them at such a base price, especially the likes of Rassi Van Der Dusen, who has been making his name for South African cricket for a while, to get him for a base price, I think tremendous achievement. So really happy overall as a Rajasthan Royals fan uh, uh, from what we did at the Mega auction.
0: Absolutely. And I think you also did talk about you being a Royals uh, super fan, right? So could you talk a little bit about that and how that experience has been like?
1: Yes yes definitely neha i mean uh, it all began in uh, july 2020 like now it's almost 2 years now so <laughs> really flies uh, uh, quickly but uh, I remember getting a DM from Rajasthan Royals on Twitter so wow. it was, I thought that first of all that uh, it's pretty fake like obviously <laughs> how can someone just reach out to you like that so mm-hmm. the DM said that uh, you have been shortlisted to become a super royal so they required my personal details oh. I was so excited I didn't even think about anything else so I just completely filled it and then I really didn't raise my expectation because obviously I thought that i fake hoga, kya hoga, pata nahi mujhe. but <laughs> (laughs) Uh, then two days later I got a mail from the Rajasthan Royals official uh, management team that uh, you have been shortlisted and then we had to fill in some forms to finally get into the Super Royals program and then we had to sign a MOU to actually make it official so since then I think it has been a wonderful journey they have given me a lot of uh, good opportunities and gave me a platform to be to be to be able to express myself so whatever Mm -hmm. podcasts and shows that I'm doing I think it has to be because of the platform that Rajasthan Royals gave me through Super Royals. So I really owe them a lot in this regard. And uh, the journey has been really great. So the Super Royals, basically to sum it up, what we actually do is
0: Hmm. we
1: act as a bridge between the team management and the actual Rajasthan Royals fans. So you can say that we are the voice of Rajasthan Royals fans. So whatever suggestions, whatever things that they really want us to convey to the management, we do it on their behalf. So mm-hmm. this is what we really do. So that the communication process is uh, pretty much simpler when it comes to the fans and the and the management. So that is what we really do. And, and apart from that, we also make some good uh, fan content. I think you must have seen uh, on yeah. Instagram as well. So big content, reels and everything, mm-hmm. working with the management closely. So it has been a great journey so far and hoping to contribute more to the Super Oils community for the years to come.
0: Yeah, that really does, uh, you know, sound exciting, and the kind of work you're doing has been uh, super impressive. And now, the listeners know, so they can follow you on uh, Instagram and uh, Royals uh, Superfans uh, page. But uh, you know, just coming back to the auctions now, Rajasthan Royals has retained Sanju Samson, Joss Butler, and Yashasvi Jaiswal, and these are all three batters. So, how did you rate these retentions? Do you felt it was the best thing to do when you did have uh, players like Joe Fracher and you know Ben Stokes? So, your thoughts on that?
1: To be honest, uh, when the retention news came out, we really didn't know exactly what is the situation with Archers. So mm-hmm. at that time, we assumed that is not going to be fit for the uh, next edition of the IPL. And he still is not certain to play a part, at least till 2023. So from uh, from the players that were available to be retained, I think it was a good good decision to retain just three because Sanju Samson, obviously the captain of Rajasthan Royals and also the face right now uh, of that franchise itself uh, has to be the first choice. And I remember there were lots of murmurs about uh, Sanju Samson not being retained. There were some uh, disparities between the management and the player itself, but that was cleared. Uh, ahead of the retention list. So mm-hmm. really happy with the three names that we, uh, we retained because Josh Butler, I think arguably has to be the the best overseas opener in this uh, in this uh, IPL in mm-hmm. the recent times. I know that there are lots of other names like David won, but according to me, it has to be Butler, especially with the way how he performed in the World Cup as well, scoring 100 on such a difficult wicket in the UAE. I mean, a really great uh, name to uh, to retain. And thirdly, SSV Jaiswal, I think that was a surprise package for me because uh, I thought that maybe Rajasthan could go a little bit extra, extra and retain someone like a Liam Livingston because they obviously love to uh, play around the overseas pack, but uh, they managed to just retain one overseas player. I think that was the surprise point for me because that actually... Hinted at the way that Rajasthan were looking to go ahead of the mega auction, so they wanted to back their young talents that they had in their in their team, and Yashasvi Jaiswal, who had shown. Promson promises in the last season opening the innings with Evan Lewis uh, at times, so I think that was really a good move to retain him at just four pros, and definitely Leshchinsky has a lot of good future uh, ahead of him in this in this franchise. So I would ideally love to go and retain someone like a Kartik for four more pros, but uh, I mean obviously they thought that maybe they can get someone uh, like a Kartik Tiwari in the auction itself. So mm-hmm. apart from that, I would if you ask me to rate the retention, I would say. 8 on 10 because uh, it was a good move, but uh, I thought that maybe Karthik Tiaga retention would have made me uh, rate them uh, to a higher 9 out of 10 or something like that.
0: Fair enough. And uh, as we know, Rajasthan Royals' strength unquestionably has to be their batting now we're looking at a top 5 that comprises someone like joss Butler. you've spoken about him we have devdutt padikal the new edition you have yashasvi jaiswal sanju samson and Shimran Hetmayer. now uh, how do you think you know rajasthan is going to make the most of this you also have rassi van Der dustin as a backup and i feel the batting group is really stocked here and you have Rian parag who adds this you know x factor with his big hitting abilities and james Nisham was another uh, player that you know was a very good pick for them and he can Certainly, you know, uh, play the role of your batting all-rounder. So what are your thoughts on this batting order? Does it have the right balance? And can Rajasthan really, you know, seal the deal this time with those good scores and chase totals as well?
1: Definitely. I mean, yes, uh, Neha. I mean, Rajasthan Royals, their ideal strength, not just for this season, I mean, even for the last few seasons, has to be their batting because of the names that they had in the batting order. But this time around, they managed to strike that balance. As I was just earlier mentioning about the balance between an Indian core and an overseas core, mm-hmm. I think they managed to strike that up pretty well with the with the mega auction. Because if you look at the names like Josh Butler, Devdutt Padikal, Yashasvi Jaiswal, Samson Hetmyer, Nisham, and even RVD as a backup, I think… I think that really reflects on the on the way that we went by things in the auction. I mean, uh, when, when Devdutt was actually bought by Rajasthan Royals, at that time, I thought that, is this the move that we really require? Because where would you ideally fit him in? Because you already mm-hmm. retain someone like a butler and a yes, yes we are at the top of the order. But then I realized that maybe they are looking to groom in uh, Padikal at number three. And the owner of Rajasthan Royals, Manoj badle also made made a point uh, in, in one of the press conference after the auction or during the auction, I can't seem to remember. Mm-hmm. He made a point that uh, Padikal is looked at as a future number 3 prospect. And that was when I thought that maybe it could not be a bad idea because obviously in T20 format, you see the top-order players batting anywhere in the top three. I mean, if you look at someone like a Virat Kohli, he can bat as an opener or even as a number 3 whenever the situation demands. So mm-hmm. even Glenn Maxwell, for that matter, managed to open the innings for... Uh, Uh, For his BBL franchise uh, in the recent season. So I think it wouldn't be a bad move for David to be batting at number three because if you look at the batting, if Padikal is at number three, then there is a proper balance of left right combination in your top five. So you have a right hander in Butler, left hander in Jaiswal, left hander in uh, Padikal, right hander in uh, Sanju, left hander in Hetmeyer, left hander in uh, Nisham and right-hander in parak so there is there is a lot of variety in your batting order and that actually plays a massive role when you go about things so if you have too much too many left-handers or too many right-handers in your side then you get those uh, uh, Target. you get targeted by uh, let's say, leg spinner of the opposite opposition team or even mm-hmm. an off spinner uh, coming around the wicket. So I think we managed to strike that balance out really well with that with this batting order and uh, as you said that uh, we really have the batting prowess to really seal the deal this time. I mean, obviously, we are the favourites to at least make the playoffs but I still feel that maybe we could have managed to get one more player in that middle order. I mean, we have someone like Karun Nair in, in our backups but Karun nair in 2022 i'm really not that certain so i thought mm-hmm. that maybe we could have we could have spent a little bit more and getting back someone like a mahipa Lomro, whom we really invested a lot in the last mm-hmm. two years maybe that could have been an ideal deal but uh, i mean uh, i can't really have any complaints when you look at this batting lineup and i mean <laughs> when you ask someone that uh Rasi van der Dusen is your backup in your in your team that should actually reflect the amount of batting power you have in your side because Rassi yeah. as a backup, it really doesn't make sense since he's mm. arguably the hot prospect in the, in, the, uh, in the cricketing world right now. So, overall, I think really a good batting lineup, but mm. it all matters how we manage to fit all of these players in, in our level.
0: Right, and even on the first day of the auction, uh, Rajasthan did manage to bag, you know, massive spinners in the form of Ashwin and Chehel, and this was co- for a combined price of like eleven point five crores. So, how do you think these purchases were? Do you think it was, you know, over the top expensive? Like I know they bring in the experience of their spin, but uh, Ashwin has been a little off, you know, in limited overs, and uh, Chehel too has been such a good player for RCB. So, how was it like, you know, watching that auction, uh, the bidding for them, especially? and how do you rate these purchases?
1: To be very honest, Neha, I mean, I obviously didn't think that we would get ashwin for such a low price uh, mm. since he was in set 1 i was expecting that maybe 7 or 8 crores would be the ideal amount for someone like an ashwin especially in the set 1 because you see franchises overbidding for players in the set uh, in the marquee sets especially so getting him for close to 5 or 6 crores i think that was a bargain for me because if you look at rajasthan royals spin bowling department over the last few years we really didn't have any Good names in that lineup. So we had to depend on someone like a Rahul Tewatia to ball four overs. I don't believe Rahul Tewatia is a four over baller. Mm-hmm. And uh, our ma- majority of our success in the pinballing department came when someone like a Sreyash Gopal was bowling really well in the 2018 and 19 season. Right, but ever yeah. since he started performing poorly, uh, in 2020 and 2021, we completely fell off in the spin-balling department. So, we had to get those crucial overs from someone like a Riyan Parag over the time. So, hmm. spin bowling really didn't uh, convince all the Rajasthan Royals fans. So, to get two of the best spinners that India has right now for 11.5 pros, I think there is no real complaint. So, about <laughs> Yusvendra Chal, I think he has to be the pick of the auction for me because I thought that he would be going beyond 8 or 9 pros. And I think that was really... A poor move from RCB to let him go. I don't know Mm. what happened with the management. I think there has to be something related to the financial decision which actually made Chahal not being retained by RCB. But I didn't expect him to be bought at such a low price because I remember there was a bidding war with with Mumbai Indians uh, for Yusundra Chahal. And when they missed out on someone like Rahul Chahal, I thought that they would not want to miss out on uh, Yusvendra Chahal for that matter but so it was really surprising that they managed to back out at 6 crores for uh, Yusvendra Chahal so to get him at 6 points something crores I think has to be the bargain of the auction for me so really happy with the, with the purchases and if I had to rate it again Neha then I would rate hmm. it as 9.5 out of 10 that is for sure
0: <laughs> and uh, obviously you know the spin department is covered and now you have potent acquisitions in the form of Trent, Bolt and prasad Krishna. So, do you really think Rajasthan Royals has found an answer to their uh, bowling concerns and this is a solid bowling unit? What are your thoughts on this?
1: Definitely, Neha. I mean, if you look at the bowling, the investment that we made in bowling this time around, I think... Uh, there seems to be lots of clarity about how we want to go by things. So, when when we didn't retain someone like a Jofra Archer, we obviously had the question, who is going to replace Archer? Who is going to be that X factor in your team? Then, uh, to get Trent Bolt in the first set itself or... 8 or 9 crores, I think that has to be a great, great uh, purchase for me. Because Trent Bold, if you look at his recent performances for Mumbai Indians, especially in the power play, I think uh, he really is a quality baller in the power play. And Prasit Krishna, who I was just speaking about earlier uh, earlier in this podcast about how he got the player of the series against West Indies. and And the best part about Prasit Krishna is that age is on his side and he's going to consistently consistently keep on improving over the years and we have seen the improvement shown in him uh, when he started playing for Kolkata Knight Riders uh, two or three years ago and to watch him grow right now he balled really well in South Africa in the ODI series and also balled really well uh, in the West Indies series especially at the death overs so I think that is really a good investment. Yes, uh, we, w- we could say that uh, 10 crores is a little bit too much but in an auction when uh, someone like a Rahul Tevatia is going for 9 crores I think uh, and Nicholas Puran going for beyond 10.5 crores uh, we can't really complain too much about this. So, if you look at the youth investment, uh, then I think we have made some good in, uh, good investment in the fast bowling department. So, we do definitely have a solid bowling unit. And as a as a backup, also, we have someone like Obed McCoy, who is a Caribbean sensation, and he's a backup to Trent Bolt. Uh, the best part about Obed McCoy is that I've been following a lot of Caribbean Premier League recently, and mm-hmm. he gives you that added option in the death overs as well. So, if you look at our bowling, from, uh, from the death horse point of view, then it is a little bit vulnerable because you can't really trust someone like a young Presid to deliver all the time. So Trent Bolt is not someone who is going to give you those overs at the death. So Obed-McCoy has that ability in him. So all that matters is how will we will manage to fit both Bolt and Obed-McCoy in the same level. So that is going to be an interesting thing. But uh, even Nathan Coulter-Nile for that matter I think has lots of uh, promises to him. And he also gives you that uh, added batting advantage down the order as well. I mean, Bolt and Nathan Kultenile, this was the partnership that served Mumbai Indians over the last few years. And that was the reason why they managed to win two trophies back-to-back in 2019 and 2020. So, I can't really complain about the bowling unit. It all matters how we manage to fit in these players in our playing level.
0: Right, yeah. And uh, although you did talk about, you know, Devdutt Padikal uh, playing that role at number three, uh, Yashas B. and Joss Butler will be the primary, uh, you know, openers for uh, Rajasthan. But Devdutt Padikal, we have conventionally seen him at the top of the order. Now, because Devdutt patikal and Yashasvi Jaiswal are both left-handers and if Rajasthan does decide to go ahead with them as, you know, openers, how do you think that's going to pan out? Because both of them kind of play that anchor role. So how do you see it, you know, all fit in, um, in place?
1: To be honest, uh, Neha, I mean, it's a very interesting uh, proposition for Rajasthan Royals. If you look at the top four, especially, I mean, anyone can open the innings. I remember Sanjay Samson was also an opener back in those days. So, you can ask anyone to open the innings and they'll happily do it. So, But according to me, I think Josh Butler needs to be at the top of the order and the best season for him has came when he was batting at the top of the order in 2018. So, he's a good option at number four, but... Why fix something that is not broken? That is the concept which I really want to follow in this one as well. So, Butler has to be one of the openers at the top of the order for me and... When it comes to the other partner, I mean, we could go either way. We can even have Yashasvi Jaiswal at number three or even Padikal at number three. But I don't want to see that happening. I really want to see Yashasvi Jaiswal opening the innings again because Rajasthan actually invested in him uh, over the last few years to be a quality opener for the future. Mm-hmm. And that is why I would have Yashasvi and Butler opening the innings. And number three, Devadat, I think has to be the ideal fit because Devadat, according to me, uh, has this little perception about him that. Uh, He's not someone like a big power hitter, but Mm. uh, I think that has to do with the fact that the innings that he played in that match against Sunrise Hyderabad, uh, I think that really got a lot of criticism with the way how he was approaching things. But Mm. if you take that match away, his strike rate as as a top-order batter for RCB is close to 131. And that is a good strike rate to have, especially as an opener. So, I really don't mind him at number three as well. As I said that... uh, in T20, your top three can bat anywhere in in, uh, in, the, in the batting order. So, Deuda, that 3 is the risk that I'm willing to take and mm-hmm. that could be a good, solid uh, opening, uh, top order that Rajasthan Royals could look at for years to come.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think even historically, Rajasthan has had this problem, you know, of balancing the side because they've had such notable names. And uh, now, you know, considering the all-round options too, I mean, you have such good players... Now, you have Koolton and Ashwin who are bowling all-rounders. Nisham and Mitchell are batsmen who can bowl. Now, unless they opt, you know, to go with Butler in the middle order, the lineup then becomes heavily dependent on someone like, you know, the young Rian Parag for finishing the job or, you know, getting those extra runs in the last few overs. So, how do you think Rajasthan is going to work that around and how are they going to strike the balance?
1: Well, Rajasthan has always faced with the pro- problem of plenty mm. in the recent times. So, it is going to be very interesting of how we go about things. But uh, I feel that there is no reason to worry about our batting order because Parag, I think uh, last season really reflected a, lit- a little disappointing on his part. And he really he is a better player than what he was last season. So, 2019 and 2020, I think that those were a good season for him. And that happened when he was batting consistently in the top five. So, when he's really looked as a finisher, like how, what he was for last season, I think he really doesn't deliver well as a finisher. So, I would ideally have him bat at number five regularly or anywhere in the top five because he's a good batter when he is given a certain role in that, in that batting order. And he's still young. I mean, obviously, he can learn a lot uh, in, this, in this team. So, the best part about uh, Rajasthan this time around is that they will not be heavily dependent on someone like a Riyan Parag to deliver, unlike the last few seasons. So, you have someone like a Simran Hetmayer who is brought in to be the finisher that the team really requires. So, he will be batting at number 6 and Parag at number 5. So, batting-wise, I think we really don't have anything to worry. But all that matters is the batting depth, which, I, which, hmm. which is the problem that Rajasthan will be looking at. Because uh, when you play someone like a Coulton Isle in the playing 11 at number 7, then you are compromising on that batting depth. So ideally, you would want your top 6 to be pretty solid that Coulton Isle doesn't really have a much role to play. Yes, he's a good batter down the order, but he's not going to give you consistent runs uh, when... And let's say the team is reeling at 50 for 5, 60 for five or something like that. Mm. But uh, if you want to increase your batting depth, then maybe Rajasthan can look at someone like a James Nisham in place of Kultenile. But uh, that would mean that you are depending too much on James Nisham, the baller, which is not really an ideal thing. According to me, mm. I would personally would go with someone like a Kultenile at number seven. And that is a risk which I'm willing to take. I do believe that having two overseas frontline paces in your 11 has to be the go-to the norm because you have seen Mumbai Indians dominating well with this kind of combination. And why can't Rajasthan Raj do it either? So that is a risk which I'm willing to take. And for that, the top six really needs to deliver well and can provide consistency in, the, in that progress. So that is what I really want to see from ARA this time around.
0: Exactly. I think uh, one of the biggest challenges for Rajasthan will be getting that uh, team combination right. And they've always been on this part of the thinking, you know, they've always had problems of uh, abundance, you know, with so many players uh, acquired. But anyhow, I'm pretty sure they will figure something out. And that brings me to my next question. How do you think uh, were the, you know, domestic signings for Rajasthan Royals this time around? Any specific players that you are going to watch out for specifically?
1: Definitely. I mean, Neha, uh, as we spoke earlier that Rajasthan really didn't have a good Indian core over the last few years and that is what made them underperform in, in recent times. But to go into the mega option and to get a proper Indian core placed I think it has to be a well well done job to be to be very honest. So, getting someone like uh, Ravi Ashwin, uh, Yuzvendra Chahal, Prasidh Krishna, that actually adds a little bit of good balance in experience and youth investment. So, when you look at someone like a Ravi Ashwin and Yuzvendra Chahal, both are pretty experienced, and when you have a young bowler in Prasid Krishna learning to ball alongside these kind of players, that actually adds a little bit of good sense of. Uh, Comfort to to these ballers as well. So Prasid will be bowling really. Uh, Prasid will be really used to bowling with the likes of Ashwin and Chahal in the Indian team as well. So that would also give give him an added bit of uh, relaxation while settling well into a new newer team. A newer team dynamics. So really good good uh, good job with the domestic signings that we did this time around, and lots of good uh, unknown talents also we managed aside. So mm. someone like Anu Anu Yai and lots of other. Uh, players who are unknown as of as of now. So, that actually uh, is a question that will be answered during the season, how well they come into, the, come into the play because they're obviously unknown prospects and once they are given a chance to deliver, then we will know exactly how they actually fit in. But overall, if you look at the Indian core that they managed to brought, bring together, uh, it has to be a job well done. So, if you ask me to rate, I would rate it as solid 8.5 out of 10 when it comes to domestic signings.
0: Okay, and uh, even, you know, uh, many felt that by the end of the first day, Rajasthan did have most of their first choice uh, playing 11 in place. But on day two, like in the initial part, they kind of went into a hibernation, probably because, you know, they weren't exactly looking at those players. And they had just four overseas players on the roster before the last round. And then you did talk about that last dash where, you know, they picked up four overseas players in the form of Rassi van der Dussen, Jimmy Neesham, Nathan Kooltenaar and Darren Mitchell. So how do you think, you know, those purchases panned out? Will these players actually make it to the playing 11? Or, you know, keeping them as backup and stock options will be something that Rajasthan is looking at?
1: Uh, Yes, definitely. I mean, uh, the best part about Rajasthan Royals in the mega auction was that we managed to identify are playing 11 at least 70 or 80 percent on day one itself, so that actually gave us a little bit of time going ahead into day two to pick the kind of players we really required. Mm-hmm. So, after day one, we all that we really needed to focus on was that number seven overseas all rounder position that we really needed to fill. So, Rajasthan, yes, <laughs> we went into hibernation quite a lot, and we did manage to try our luck in bidding for someone like an Odian Smith mm-hmm. or Dominic Drakes for that matter for that role. But uh, when we saw that they are going a little bit overpriced. So, you saw the these kind of players going beyond 6 or 7 crores. Rajasthan really took a, a big risk in backing out and staying in their own zone while waiting for the other players to come. And uh, going ahead into day two, we also needed to identify a good replacement for someone like a Josh Butler also. Because Butler uh, hasn't really played an entire season for Rajasthan Royals ever. Hmm. So, he, he always managed to miss out on some of the actions. So, we really re- re- needed someone to actually be a backup for Josh butler in the in the in the batting order so to get uh, Rassi van der Dusen for such a low price i think that was a really solid move uh, in that last session that uh, that we really uh, talked about earlier so we did manage to have a good day overall at, at the end of the auction so the position that we really needed to focus on was that overseas all-rounder down the order and we managed to pick not one but three overseas all-rounder in that role so James Nisham, Daryl Mitchell who was the star of the semi-final for New Zealand a few months uh, ago in the T20 yeah. World Cup let us not forget hmm. so James Nisham, Mitchell and Kul I think these three purchases really fit in well for that uh, particular role so RR can really go any ways uh, they want uh, for that particular role and getting Rassie van der Doosan also played a massive role in having that Uh, relief for uh, Josh Butler in case things don't go well for Butler and he is deemed unavailable. So, we have Rassi at the top of the order as well. So, really good purchases and uh, apart from that, I really would have loved us to go beyond that... uh, a uh, good good purchase list and get mm. better than uh karun nair for that matter so as i said earlier that karun nair really doesn't impress me a lot in 2022 maybe my palomro could have been a better option in that middle order but apart from that i think we really did have a, a wonderful auction uh in the mega auction table
0: right and i do remember you know reading a lot on twitter about how uh Rajasthan did have such a good auction and so many people echoed the same sentiment but if i were to ask you you know who were some of the players that you thought would you know make it to the rr squad uh, the bidding too was you know quite uh, intense for them but didn't happen and you know kind of left you a little disappointed
1: that's a pretty interesting question, Neha, because obviously there are lots of names that I mm. that I had in mind, which Rajasthan could have bought in this in this auction. So, uh, as I said earlier that uh, Mahipa Lomroor was one of the players that I really wanted to fit in, in place of Rian Parag in my starting level. Mm. But now, since we don't have uh, him, so we have to play Rian Parag in that middle-order role. But uh, apart from that, there are lots of other names which I really wanted us to get. So maybe Karthik Tyagi is one of those names. I thought that maybe we could have spent a little bit more and getting our young KT back into the team because we actually groomed him and we wanted to enjoy the fruits as much as we can uh, in the years to come. So these are the two players which I thought that maybe we could have uh, gotten if we could just bid a little bit more than we actually did. Hmm. But uh, apart from that, I think we we got the players that we wanted. So, no real complaints uh, apart from this.
0: <laughs> yeah. And if you had to do a SWOT analysis for Rajasthan Royals, what would that be like?
1: Yeah. So, for, m- for my SWOT analysis of the RR team, the strength has to be the batting order. So, we spoke a little bit earlier about the batting prowess that RR has. Right, so, yeah. for strength, I think the Indian core also... Uh, with the spin department, it all lies in the strength uh, strength uh, quadrant for me. And weakness, I would still say death balling because yes, we have Prasid Krishna and Nathan Kultenal, but it's too much to depend on a young Prasid to always keep on delivering. So I feel that death balling is a little bit of concern for me. So that is, what, that is why I feel that uh, it is a little bit of weakness from Rajasthan Royals end. And from opportunities, I think uh, we have lots of opportunities in trying out different combinations at the top of the order and delivering success as well. So we might see a whole new batting order yet again uh, put up by Rajasthan Royals and that would give us an opportunity to maybe unearth a new batting sensation. So let's say if we try out David Padikal consistently at number three, which is still a little bit of concern going ahead into the season. But if it delivers well, that is a big opportunity, not just for RR, but even for Team India going ahead into the years to come. So that is one of the biggest opportunities from Rajasthan Royals. And uh, even even the other names such as... uh, Karun Nayar, I think uh, if Rian Parak fails to deliver, then maybe Karun Nayar can get back into the team and give a cons- and is given a consistent run in that middle order. So maybe that is the thing that he really can uh, work upon to get back into the Indian team once again. So hmm. these are the opportunities that are there from the current ARA side, and for threats. Uh, this is the threat. Uh, the biggest threat for Rajasthan Royals has to be the backup. So yeah. one or two injuries to, let's say, someone like a Ashwin or a Chahal for that matter, then we really don't have any quality spinner to mm. replace him in our, in our side. So we are just one injury away from for our spinner to be completely uh, a different Rajasthan Royals side uh, in the season. So we only have someone like a Casey Karyapa who hasn't been really tested a lot in recent times. So not so promising names to be a backup for someone like Ayuzgendra Chahal or Ashwin for that matter. So, that is a threat. I mean, one injury and that can cause havoc in our spin bowling department.
0: Right, yeah. And uh, if you, you know, were a part of the think tank and could consult the team management to, you know, place your ideal playing 11, what would that look like?
1: So, uh, my ideal playing 11, at least for the first few matches, would mm-hmm. be... Uh, George Butler and the SSU Jaiswal at the top of the order. Okay. Devadat at number three, Sanju at number four, which is I'm really looking forward to see the most. Mm-hmm. And number five, I'll have Rian Parak. A lot has been said about him and not being able to deliver and also questioned a lot of, uh, Questions came in from a lot of people that why did we go for Yanpara? But I do believe that he has one good season in him uh, coming up uh, very soon. So mm-hmm. I'll have him at number five. Number six, I'll go with Shimran Hetma because uh, we managed to spend a lot on him just to be that finisher for Rajasthan Royals. And I think number six will be really looking a good place for him. He did play a finishing role for Delhi Capitals uh, last season and managed to do really well as well. So I'll back him as a, as a finisher at number six. Number seven, uh, this is where it gets interesting. So there are lots mm-hmm. of other options and it all depends on how we want to go by things. So personally, on... Pure, pure batting tracks like the one I would go with uh, Nathan Kultanai hmm. at number seven because I want to go with two overseas players, two overseas pacers in my bowling order. So Nathan Kultanai fits in perfectly for me at number seven. Number eight, number nine, Ashwin and Yuzhwendra Chal, that is no doubt. Hmm. And uh, the two two ballers, two pacers that I'll go with, Trent Bolt and Prasit Krishna. So this is the playing 11 which I'll be going with, at least for the first few games in the season.
0: Wow, I mean, this does look like a very formidable uh, playing 11 that can, you know, uh, give a threat to any other team on a given day. And, uh, you know, that does conclude our uh, first segment that focused on uh, proper analytical uh, view of Rajasthan Royals and their squad and in this mega auction. Uh, Let's move on to our rapid fire round, which is, uh, you know, you could could just probably answer in a word or in a line and uh, be as spontaneous as possible. And are you ready?
1: yes yes sure
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so who would you rate as the best buy for rajasthan royals
1: yushendra chahal no doubt worst buy karun nair <laughs>
0: <laughs> surprise buy
1: devdat padikal
0: your player of the season from the squad who you think is really going to you know outshine all expectations mm,
1: i'll go with Yuzvendra chahal late, safe a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your dark horse for Rajasthan Royals this season? Para. Your expectations from Rajasthan Royals this season?
1: Uh, playoffs at minimum because obviously the squad that we have in place, playoffs should be a bare minimum. So, uh, I would definitely want ARA to finish in the top four and then after that, uh, Ram Barose. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And last but not the least, prediction on where Rajasthan Royals will end the season, and do you actually see them lift the trophy?
1: I would love to see RR lift the trophy, Neha. But uh, if I have to be realistic, then I would mm. say that RR will finish at least third or fourth in the season, hmm. and I'm yeah playoffs. And I'm expecting us to go beyond qualifier, qualifier two. So I'm expecting us to win the eliminator game, and qualifier two is somewhere. Which, which is a little bit dicey for me. So, maybe qualify to our finalist for that matter is what I'll predict for Rajasthan Royals.
0: Right, yeah. And that does conclude our very uh, rap- our rapid-fire round. And do you have any you know final concluding thoughts for uh, the fans or anyone else listening to this episode?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, I have a, a request to the Rajasthan Royals fans uh, for this particular season. So, obviously, it hasn't been... A a kind journey for us ever since we came back in 2018 so finally it all really looks like things are falling falling in the right place uh, after the mega auction so my request to all the Rajasthan Royals fans would be to enjoy the process and be a little bit patient on what the team is really looking to deliver so yes we have a star-studded lineup but that doesn't mean that it's going to guarantee us instant success so we have to think it as process by uh, as a process So. We didn't really deliver well in the last few seasons, so I think playoffs should be the bare minimum expectations, at least for the first few seasons, and then we can better ask for in the upcoming uh, mini-auctions that are set to be taking place. So, I'm expecting Rajasthan Royals to at least lift the IPL trophy in the coming four or five years down the line, but… Just a request to all the fans is that don't really expect instant success from this team, but Mm -hmm. to just enjoy supporting the team uh, and keep on creating memories with the team along the way
0: that's undoubtedly a very uh, fitting conclusion to this episode and uh, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for joining me on the podcast and for obviously leaving us all with those fantastic insights. I've seen so many of your live streams you are so spontaneous. You bring so much of insights to the table and I'm really glad that you know it really reflected in this episode as well. And thank you so much for accommodating this interview. You know, I know you have a very busy schedule and we did this in such short notice. And I hope to have you back on the podcast sometime in the future. And here's wishing Rajasthan Royals also does really well and you're happy. Yeah, those are my final thoughts. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, uh, once again, for inviting me on this podcast, as I said that you are really doing a great job in delivering the podcast series. And uh, I'm really looking forward to see more of these kind of things ahead of the IPL season. And definitely, I would love to be a part of the podcast during the IPL itself. So looking forward to a great great journey.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much, Sanchez. I'd like to thank you all for ardently supporting my blog and this podcast. We're growing each episode strength to strength. It really gives me the zeal to keep working and delivering quality content to you all. A heartfelt thank you. Do check out at the rate never in the back foot on Instagram and at the rate never in the back one on Twitter for the latest facts, trivia quizzes, terminology and a lot more that's coming up this season just for you. The podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Anchor, Overcast and a lot of other platforms, so please do spread the word. Also, feel free to share your thoughts and suggestions for the already published episodes and recommendations for future topics. Do share this episode widely and your support is really appreciated. See you next time, listeners. Cheers, stay safe and take care. Bye for now.